Thanks to our friends at The Hollywood Show for their help with this episode of Talking About Cars with Randy Cardoon. See more at HollywoodShow.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Studio 25 at the Talking About Cars building for a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities. I'm Randy Cardoon. This week, we talk with car guy, motorcycle guy, show host, actor, and even an author, Brett Wagner. But first, everybody's seen the TV show The Partridge Family, right? It's kind of un-American to not see The Partridge Family. Well, if you have, you know the craziest wheels on that show belonged to the mom. Yes, the Partridge Family bus. Wild and crazy paint job. She drove it all around the place, transporting the kids from concert to school to everywhere else. And veteran actress Shirley Jones joined me at The Hollywood Show, where you can get pictures and autographs of some of your favorite stars. Go to thehollywoodshow.com for more. So, Shirley, what kind of car do you remember that your parents drove? First they had a Chevrolet, then they had an Oldsmobile. And uh, they ended up really with an Oldsmobile was the last car that, 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 that I remember. What about what year? Any idea? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, in, I, I was born in 34, so it must have been in the 40s. It was in the 40s, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was the case, but they probably were. You know, we lived in this very small town, Smithton, PA, population 800. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, they, they were, you know. What was your first car? And how did you get it? My first car <laughs> was a Cadillac. <laughs> and I went I, I, I went, I was married to Jack, Jack Cassidy. And we stopped in uh, Detroit where they had the Cadillac, you know, and bought it there and drove it home, drove it home. Yeah. It's one of those really big, long ones, big, huge exactly. things. Exactly, very huge, huge, yeah. And you drove it home. Did he let you drive it home, or did you actually drive it home? No, he drove it home. <laughs> he drove it home. But I'm a good driver. I love to drive. I still drive, you know, and I'm an old lady now. But tell me, wasn't there a time when he was driving it home, didn't you kind of go, so I could drive it for a little while, and what did he say? <laughs> he said, you'll drive it when we get home. <laughs> At least, did you guys at least stop, or was it like one long drive? No, we stopped. I think we stopped and had lunch or something like that, but I remember it well, you know. And that must have been one lunch. If you went all the way from Detroit back to Los Angeles? Right, absolutely, yeah, we did. What's the, what's the one thing you remember about that trip, whether it be something you saw or something that happened, or was it the car? Uh, it was just the car, you know. I was so excited having that car, as he was. And, you know, and we would stop and have lunch and have dinner and then keep driving. We didn't we didn't stay in a hotel or anything. Wow. Well, it's a comfortable car. You could have slept in the back. Exactly right. Oh, that's what you did. Okay. <laughs> All right then. All right then. So, one of the reasons we are coming to you and talking to you, of course, not only were in Oklahoma, you got to ride in the Surrey with a fringe on top. And by the way, how was that? Wonderful. I loved it. It was just wonderful. Yeah. I enjoyed every moment of it. Well, the whole experience on theater and in the movie and the whole bit. Did you get to drive the Surrey? I don't remember that. No, they wouldn't let me drive it. No, no. Surely I'm sensing a pattern here. <laughs> Gordon McRae was the driver. <laughs> and, if, and if he wasn't, they would have a driver come in and drive it. <laughs> men, men, men always driving for you. All right. Uh, then, of course, the car they finally let you drive in Hollywood, the car that a lot of people remember. 
the bus. Yes. This was the Partridge family bus. bus. Yes, the bus. I loved that. And you know, that was a gear shift in the floor. And I, I almost didn't know how to drive that because I was, when I got my license, that's when I, they, they had the, you know, I didn't have a gear shift. They had the, they already had the, you know, the thing on, on top. So I had to learn, relearn to drive the, the one in the floor. And that's what I had to do. You said when you got your license, did you have to get a special license or was this your first license? No, it was, it was, it was a special license then, yeah. Because it was a bus? Yeah, it was a bus. So you really actually took training to drive a bus? Drive that bus, yes. Because I, I hadn't driven that kind of... When they started to do the show and they were planning it and trying to figure out, okay, what's going to happen here and who the, who the kids were going to be and that kind of thing, did they come to you and the producers uh, and say, you know, I think... Shirley Partridge is going to drive a bus. Did did that come up, or was there a reason for that uh, that you remember? Why it wasn't something else like a station wagon or something? No, they they felt the bus was the thing, and you know because it had all the kids and all of that in there, and it, you know that's why it had to be something. And of course, all the paintings on the ins the, the outside of the bus, as you remember, all of that. That's what they wanted. That that's what made it look so good. Did you have any input on that? Colors or anything? Oh, I was thrilled when I saw it, though. I thought, what a great idea. So, Brian Forrester once told me that that was such a nutty bus that they basically, it didn't run half the time no. and they had to push it all over the place. Tell me one of those stories. <laughs> well, it would stop, you know. And if I was driving it, you know, it would, it would stop every now and then. And, and I'd, I'd bring some of the people in and they couldn't get it going either you know they said we got to do something and then they would bring somebody in from the you know to see what was going on and they had to fix it but that didn't happen very often so it did run most of the time oh yeah yeah it did, did you ever have to be replaced by a stunt driver for uh, the bus or did you drive it basically all the time no I drove it all the time yeah I did yeah you had to be pretty good at it huh I did I loved it too <laughs> So were there any really good bus stories from the show that you can remember? I remember we got out of the bus, all of us, uh, to do a, a, you know, a, a scene. Got back in the bus and there were two skunks in the bus. <laughs> two skunks. <laughs> and I said, what are we going to do? They, I said, well, try to get them out. I said, oh, yeah, you'll, you'll have something all over you. <laughs> Were they just happened to be in there, or did somebody play a little trick on you guys? No, I think they left the door open of the bus, you know, because we were just taking pictures outside the bus. And obviously these little skunks came and just went in the bus. Was this actually in the studio, or was it? it no, we were on a little location, and we were taking pictures. I think it was around the beach area, and, and we left the bus door open. <laughs> came out. If I remember right, you for the most part were the only one to drive the bus because all the kids were just kids. Did David ever ride the bus? No, no, never did. And uh, the guy that played your agent, Dave Madden, he never drove the bus? Uh-uh. No, I was the only one. So that's lasted for the, for the entire run of the show, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We were talking to Michael Cole a little bit ago about how their car, if you will, for Mod Squad was this Mercury Woody Wagon. They crashed it in like the second year. And it's like, everybody was like completely freaked out. Like, oh my God, what do you do now? How do you come up with it? Can you imagine if something happened to that bus and what, what, what would you do? Yeah, well, you know, they had to keep fixing it because it was an old bus. And then every day when we'd leave the bus, they would come in and make sure everything was working every day. 
Do you get people aside from me asking about the bus and that kind of thing even years later? Oh, yeah, they ask about it. You know, everybody asked about everything that was going on. And the bus was a major part of it. You know, it had all the paintings on the, on the side and out. We all rode the bus, you know, so yeah, it was a big part of the family. Have you ever done any other movies or shows or anything like that that had vehicles involved? I'm trying to think now. Um, let's see. You've had some great roles. I remember I you and them, but I'm thinking, okay, what was she driving? Yeah. I don't think so that I recall now um, where it was a major thing that I had to drive or somebody else had to drive. What are you driving now? What am I driving now? Let me see what I'm driving now. What am I driving now? Um, a Subaru. Whoop-de-doo in my Subaru. Remember that theme? I love my car. Love my car. That's the greatest car. I have a house in the mountains and, you know, it goes everywhere. The desert, the mountains, everywhere. It's so great. You know, they used to say here in uh, L.A. you have Mercedes all over the place. Let's say up at Incline Village or Lake Tahoe, everybody has Subaru. Yeah, oh, I know. It's a great car. I love my car. Shirley Partridge herself, the great actress Shirley Jones, and the secrets of the Partridge bus. And now my pal Bob Beck from GAAS, that's gas, the great American auto scene. You've got gas, and we do for this episode, as uh, he joins me along with Brett Wagner. You've heard his voice. You've seen him acting in some well-known shows and his first car memories surround his father's rather outstanding taste in vehicles when i was a kid he, he had a porsche 911 so um and then when we got big enough and then my sister i was adopted and my sister was adopted a couple of years later and then once they had two the porsche had to go Ooh. but i remember probably around 10 or 11 years old my pop went and got one of the 928s and i was so impressed they didn't care about the motor or anything even though it was pretty badass you know that uh, was cruising around in that thing but it was like a cockpit inside it was like mm -hmm. I'm a, this is an airplane so I was really uh, I, I'm into 928s and now they're very expensive if you can find a really nice one in good shape but um, he would lease cars so like every two years we'd have a new car so people on the block thought we were like super rich <laughs> your dad's super rich I'm like oh my dad does well but and then I'm like dad how come you keep buying cars he goes I lease them son I lease them though Regal, we had a really cool Regal. I forget what year in the 80s, uh -huh. a Regal that I really liked. That now that I've been in the drag racing world for 10 years, I really like seeing the Regals at the drag strips. And well, like the Grand National. <clears throat> oh, well, if yeah, you could yeah. find a Grand National that's in good shape, it's less than 20 grand, you're doing good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but we had a, he went to Kentucky. I was probably 15 years old, and my dad flew to Kentucky and drove back this 37 Ford Slantback. Ooh. That was the crappiest car I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, I don't even know how he made it back. But he grew up in Pasadena, had a lot of the guys that were famous car builders out there and painters. And, you know, he wanted a Lincoln Town Car interior in it. Bam, he wanted a $15,000 paint job. Bam, you know, I mean, everything was redone and it was beautiful and kind of have a, you know, liking to those now. So Why that particular car? I couldn't tell you. I mean, uh, my dad's not alive anymore. I would ask him, but I just remember. And as a kid, you don't know. Now I'd go, oh, my gosh, uh, you know, what? you got a really good deal on it. Yeah. And the, the thing was is that he drove it back, this thing that was a pile of junk at the time, you know. <laughs> and then he drove it all the way back from Kentucky, and that would have been, you know, if I was a little bit older, that would have been a cool trip to take with your pop. You yeah, know? that would have been great. Seeing how many times it broke down on the way back. <laughs> yeah. And what kind of seedy uh, hotels you were staying in, you know. <laughs> Unless he took Route 66 or something like that. That would have been really cool. It would have been cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, but uh, my tastes have, uh, have gotten better. I mean, my first car my parents bought me was a 69, uh, you know, Camaro. 
I had these big skirts on it, these big, you know, these bondoed out fairings that's, that hung off. And I remember I, I got it and first day, the next day at school when I drove it into school, I didn't realize I was going to drive it onto the football field and the, the gate was smaller than the, the flares on the fender sticking out. And I was, well, wait, wait a minute, two things. Come I to see, mind. Yeah. The car two, was wider than the gate. Right. Yeah. Okay. So two things. One, your parents bought you a Camaro with flares? Uh, it was a good deal. It looked good. At the time, it looked good. Was that something you saw, or did they get it for you and Uh, gave it to you? You know, it's it's crazy because two weeks before I had to get a car, my parents couldn't keep driving me to school. I was going to at that time I was going to Birmingham High School, and um, uh, I crashed my mom's Honda Accord two weeks before (laughs) going to a party, and my dad was like, uh, I was like, well, there goes the Camaro because we had looked at a couple Camaros, and that one was in good shape. It looked good, and it looked good. It had a good stance to it. it was, you know, I wouldn't. Put, we took the flares off after I crashed it. That's first day of driving it, but um, but but flares were normal back then. Sure. Well, mm-hmm. not normal. You're saying I I'm, I was born in '67, so oh, okay. Well, never mind for the normal. <laughs> yeah, uh. it still looked good. Yeah, it looked mean, and I it just it was so embarrassing to crash it the first day of driving it. So you were going to drive? You crashed it the first day of driving it. Well, I'm going onto the football field. Okay, that's the other thing. Yes. You know, why well, were you driving a Camaro onto the football field? Because I wanted to look cool in my in my car, you know, in a '69 Camaro, and it's just I forgot. You're looking and going, well, my car will fit through that gate. But you forget that there's these flares on it that are sticking out wider. And you're used to driving a Honda. And I was used to drive crashing a Honda Accord. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. so. Uh-huh. so this doesn't sound like an official visit to the football field in a car. I didn't really make it onto the field. Oh, yeah. I see. Yes. You got wedged. I got wedged. And then <laughs> and then I was the laughing stock for a couple for a couple months. But, but you had a 69 Camaro, for heaven's sake. Yes. After, like, my parents, my dad was like, when we were later on, you know, in years, he was just like, you're so lucky. I did not want to buy you that car, but your mom's like, we have no choice. We have no choice. I'm not driving him to school anymore. I like your so, mom already. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very good. So, you would, <clears throat> and a lot of people know you from, uh, well, a lot of car-related stuff. They've seen you act in a lot of different movies and stuff. Sure. But I think... For our purposes here, we'll start off from the car shows you were in. Uh, take us back to you. You were on Pastime for a while, but I want to. Before that, you got yourself involved with Monster Garage. How did that happen? I got very lucky. I did a. I was in. I did a little stint in pro wrestling for about four years, and uh, uh, this gentleman, Tom Beers, who was uh, he did documentary programs called Original Productions. He created. Uh, Ice Road Truckers, Deadliest Catch, Axemen, oh, okay. I mean, anything you can think of that uh, a blue-collar guy does, he created. And he did this thing called Wrestling School. John Cena, Samoa Joe, some guys that still wrestle were in it. I was in it. And I just knew this guy was, he was cool. I'm like, that guy is a guy I should stay friends with. And I used to go by his office on Victory over there in uh, Burbank, and i just go, hey, what's going on? Oh, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing, Schwag? Because that was my wrestling end, the big Schwag. and. Mm-hmm. He came to me one day and said, listen, I got this new show. It's just this, you know, hot new builder out of Long Beach called Jesse James. I said, I, I know who the guy is. He builds motorcycles. You know, I didn't really know who he was. But he said, I want, I want to do your wrestling voice on this show we're going to do. It's going to be called Monster Garage. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, great. And then little did we know that, the, you know, the show was going to become the biggest, you know, hottest reality show at the time and start a whole slew of copycat shows and these shows, which I like to call fake now, because reality TV has become scripted reality TV, and it's not really reality TV. But mm-hmm. um, it was the first time a show um, took a guy that was a mechanic, you know, 
the guys that people would used to make fun of next door, that guy's working on cars and music blasting and drinking beer in his garage, and people go, God, how terrible. Now they're going, hey, wow, maybe this guy's actually building something cool, and I kind of think it kind of changed the face of uh, you know guys that worked with their hands and mechanics and everything and made them cool. And for those people who don't remember Monster Garage, yeah. I mean, this is and hard to believe that it is out there, but that's possible. It's been a while. 1992, I believe. Yeah. Two, oh. Wait a minute, excuse me. 2002. Yeah. 2002. 2002. Okay. Yes. okay. Well, for the seven of you that don't remember no, Monster that, Garage, yeah. it was fun because they would take all sorts of cars and turn them into things. Yes. Yeah. I remember the, the car that had to pick up the trash barrels. Uh-huh. And I thought that was neat because you know, was, you know, we were used to seeing the big trash trucks, but now you've got to do this and you got to make it. You got to pick up a trash barrel and you got to put the trash. That in the back was of the one car. of the first we did for we did for a pilot. Sometimes for Discovery, instead of just doing one episode, they'll give you four. Mm-hmm. So the, it was the, the I think that was uh, Eddie Bauer two or something. Yeah, S yeah. ten like some that. kind of thing. That, uh-huh. And we did that. It was a, you know, come pick your, your trash, dump it in, and go back, <laughs> which was cool. We did a. A bug, a swamp bug, you know, it was like an yeah. airboat that went in the, into the swamps. We did the fire truck limo, which was a limo that you could, you know, had a big fire shooting air, uh, you know, water on fires. And then uh-huh. we did the, the lawnmower GT, yeah. the Mustang, that could, you know, do 100 miles an hour and cut your grass. Well, <laughs> I, I remember one of my heroes from the, the 50s, 60s was Norm Grabowski oh, yeah. with the tea bucket. And sure. he goes in there and makes a total dummy of himself kind of and cuts his leg and he ends up being out of the for the most of it yeah we had uh bill hines was on there yeah. you know we've had uh norm was on there uh i mean jesse when he did the old school bills yeah it was it was uh, i think we did it for five years we did about 80 episodes it was uh i got to host a couple jesse's appendix burst once you know oh, and, yikes and so they're like Okay, now's your chance. Don't blow it. <laughs> Don't blow it, Mr. Wagner. I'm like, I, I, yeah, it was oh, great. Oh, so you actually subbed for him? Yeah, I subbed, I think, four different times out uh-huh. of 80 episodes. And then, you know, they would use me time to time. But I was the voice of the show. I did the opening and some stuff in the middle. Then I did the close on the show. And, uh, you know, it gave me opportunities. Discovery Channel then uh, came back and said they had a show called Monster Nation, which they would clips from people saying like you know bob beck here could have sent in a clip of something he built mm-hmm. you know and uh, which would have been very cool cool yeah of course yes of course but uh um <laughs> uh, uh, i've known bob a while so i can i can, he can, I can bust this. on him a little yeah. bit um, <laughs> a little bit just a little just a little um but uh, i hosted 40 episodes of that and then just kind of you know different shows sometimes go, hey uh when they didn't want when they couldn't get a guy that you know that would charge them a hundred grand or something they how about that swag guy? He's pretty cheap, I hear. So then they would get me, and I'd go, I'd, and it was great. Inexpensive. Yes, inexpensive. Well, yeah. is, I've been called cheap before. Yeah, yeah, You've yeah, called yeah. me cheap. but yeah, um, that's twice. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, gave, it gave me opportunities. And then uh, Speed Channel uh, came around, and I uh, forget the gentleman's name, uh, but he kept saying, I'm going to give you a show one of these days. And then he came to me and said, I got this show called Name Your Testin' Tune. Name Your Testin' Tune. And I was like, huh? I'm like, what? And then, so sounds we, like Rich. Yeah, so yeah, Rich, Rich Christensen. So uh, it, um, we did. I remember we did these episodes, and he had a certain way he wanted you to do something. And I'm like, okay, well, I come from the world of professional wrestling and a uh-huh. little bit of improv. And, sure. And we kept doing this, and I kept looking up, and they gave us like five episodes for a pilot, and I kept looking up this guy Bob Eckert, and he was the guy that was second in charge of Speed Channel. I kept, and he just kept after every episode, he just kept looking down, and I'm. He was up in this little, you know, above the tower, and I'm just—he just kept shaking his head, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" (laughs) 
So with the fourth episode, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to be the big swag. Because in pro wrestling, you talk to the cameras a lot. So right. I'm just I'm going to do my pro wrestling, my monster garage shtick. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And we did it. And the next thing I look up, and the guy was smiling, and he took off. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a good sign. Yes. And then we just kept doing it. And I did Pastime for about six years. We did, I think, 160 episodes. And, now, uh, Pastime, if you haven't seen it, it uh, it's basically you have three contestants. Yep. And you have cars that race on, on down a drag strip. Yep. And they basically guess what the time's going to be. They're allowed to ask uh, one question each. There's one guy that played for me, Ken, uh, Ken Herring from Tyler, Texas, a chassis shop guy. And then we'd have two contestants, and they get to ask the Bob come up and is, uh, I believe you have a nice uh, Corvette, don't you? Yes, I do. Corvette. Bob, when they, Bob, you know how much horsepower uh, is that a, you know, uh, mm-hmm. tube chassis or some of the questions yeah, we right, get, you know, right, uh, right. spark plug gap ratio and all yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And by that, they would have to say, okay, he's going to do a 1020, he's going to do a, a 980 or whatever it was, and whoever is closer would win money. And then at the ending of the show, it was winner take all. Whoever had the most money would win two grand or so. And it, it showcased the blue collar racer. Mm-hmm. It showcased the guy that worked 50, 60 hours a week, still come home, works four or five hours with his buddies in his garage, and then would go race at an Irwindale on a Thursday night, mm-hmm. or would go race, uh, you know, Fontana on the weekends, or mm-hmm. his local drag strip on the weekends, just to, you know, to do a test in tune or whatever. Now, did you take that, sh- was that show taken on the road where you were at different tracks? Yeah, we did, uh, we would do 11 episodes a weekend. Um um, and we would do it at different tracks, never in California. I was always like, can we, can we do my home state? It would be great. But always, you know, some other state. But it was great. I got to see some amazing, you know, tracks. And I think the last 11 episodes we did was in uh, Bella Rose, Louisiana, at No Problem uh, Raceway or Dragway. No problem. Yeah, they have a they have a bar down <laughs> below the tower, uh-huh. and I'm like, hey, no problem, no, no problem. problem. <laughs> hey, I might have snuck in there for, but I wasn't racing, so yeah, so well, it was all right. Stuff you never know about these shows from behind the scenes. You know, you'll sit there and see how it all works, and little did you know, there's a bar right off to the side. Yeah, yeah. that's not usual. I don't think there's very many tracks that have a bar actually at the track or underneath <laughs> the. But um. Uh, I got to travel around a lot. I got to see a lot of people that are my friends today, and I learned a lot about drag racing. You know mm-hmm. that I really loved it. My dad, when we were kids, would he was a stockbroker, and he'd get tickets to the Winter Nationals. So for five or six years, we'd always be like, oh, cool, we're going to the Winter Nationals. I know I won't be able to hear for so we'd be able to get, <laughs> he would be able to get us down right, you know, on the track. Uh-huh. And here I am, a little kid, going, oh, I can't believe how loud these things are. Yeah. And then you know when I'm all of a sudden I'm hosting a show, and we sometimes we had uh, you know. Uh, Robert Height. Oh yes, Robert. So we had Robert and his car boy. That thing is loud. Yeah. And then we had a couple. We had a couple jet cars, which I always Mm -hmm. like to get on the other side of the wall when the jet cars are. And people, oh, are you scared? I'm like, yeah. You've never been on a track with a jet car, I guess. (laughs) No. Because it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Well, and it also reverberates, doesn't it? I mean, you're talking. Well, for example, Bob has you know does work at Irwindale Raceway, where he of course is a PA announcer. And the last few times I remember going, they brought out that jet car. We were upstairs. In the, I guess it's a VIP booth or whatever, yeah. and you're hearing this, and the windows are not open, and you're still things are rattling, and your 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 chest is like, you know, that's yeah. When they're pretty on the loud. Dra- when they're on the drag strip, we actually have to hold the windows because they vibrate too much uh-huh. and they'll shatter. There's a famous uh, I just saw it the last couple of months in one of those little uh, video clips on uh, Facebook where it shows a jet car hitting yeah. the. And hitting the, you know, and the glass goes, and the glass goes, whack, (laughs) people are running. I don't know where it was, but uh, 
I've, yeah, it, it's drag racing is awesome. It's um, as I like to say, as American as apple pie or Bob Beck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hello. Okay. There, there, you we go. Go. Oh, there, there you go. We we got to talking when we first met. Uh, when we were first in studio together, yes. not when we first met, but when we first met, you were hawking lawnmowers. Yeah, man. I mean, back at you know, still we were doing the, that. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm coming into my 15th year as the voice. Of uh, bad boy mowers, I do all their commercials for them. And uh, in fact, in three weeks, I got to go to Biloxi, Mississippi, for our dealer annual dealers meeting. And this will be, this is my fifteenth year uh, working for them. I went to do a small appearance in uh, Batesville, uh, Arkansas. I want to confuse that with the Kentucky; they'll kill me. Um, so Batesville, <laughs> Arkansas, and I I loved it so much. I said I thought this was just the coolest little town in the world, and it's right on the White's River there, and I. There was this place called Josie's, and it was a steakhouse right on the river, man. It used to be an old place where they would, uh, you know, in Prohibition, they'd, the, the boats would come underneath, and they would <laughs> upload, you know, take the, the booze go. out. And I said, where's the money in this town? I, I would love to figure out a way to make a living here. And they said, well, there's church. And I'm like, mm, okay, well, I, yeah. I mean, I love church. I'm, I'm a God-fearing man, but I, I didn't think I'd be able to make money at it. Uh-huh. And then they said, well, there's a new lawnmower company called Bad Boy Mowers. And I'm like, wait a minute, Bad Boy Mowers. I mean, I'm the spokesman for the, you know, the West Coast bad boy, Jesse James, on the TV show. So anytime I was on, on a newspaper or on in anything in a magazine or anything, I'd always send them a, something to the owner, you know. And um, uh, f- uh, Phil Pulley, and he uh, finally, after a year, he's like, what do you want? What do you, you keep sending me this stuff. I said, you're going to run commercials. Let me be the voice of them. And I gave him some extraordinary, uh, you know, some number that was, he's like, no, you can leave now. And I'm like, all right, I'll take whatever you pay me. <laughs> and, for, and for 15 years, I've been blessed. Um, I do the commercials. I can, you know, sometimes it's funny. I'll be in appearance, and but I can go do them. I'll find a guy that can has a studio. Mm-hmm. In Atlanta, did it in a guy who had a bathroom downstairs, which he made into a, a voiceover booth. So I was in Atlanta doing. What do you think you are, Weird Al? For heaven's sake! Yeah. Yeah, really. So I was, you know, so the, the it's magic of being able to do radio or being able to record anything anywhere now. And uh, so I've been blessed. Yeah, fifteen years. Badboymowers.com. Go check them out. Okay, so <laughs> Willie Nelson. Yeah. There's also yeah. one of their guys, and also uh, Toby Keith. Yeah. So we were talking before we got started here about the fact that anytime you ever look at a country music video, everyone has an old pickup or an old classic <laughs> car in it. All the time. Forgot, I mean, look at you. Could, uh, where they get those things, who knows? But yeah, I think Toby Keith and uh, Willie Nelson probably got a few, uh, probably a nice garage. Well, I was going to say, do you ever talk cars with them? Are they car guys? You know, uh, Willie Nelson came and played. Uh, one of our dealers meeting in Batesville, Arkansas. You know, this is population like 9,000. So uh, he played at the local, I think, Lyon College there. And I was like, I really want inter- to you know, introduce him because I've introduced some pretty big bands in my time on stage. And I was like, they're like, well, he doesn't really have anybody to introduce him. I'm like, but his bus driver was a big fan of pastime. <laughs> I said, if you can get me, let Willie, let me introduce him on stage. I'll get that bus on our show. And you can race that bus down the track. He's like, that bus is pretty fast, man. That bus- I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm like, it's good. We'll do it. It's all good. And then Willie Nelson came off the bus. Uh, you know, he likes to play poker. That's a legitimate thing. So he was on the bus playing poker up until, you know, a couple hours with my my uh, my bosses at the lawnmower company. And he comes off the off the bus, you know, like Elvis coming off the bus. And he's got his entourage, his band. And then he turns to me and says, I hear you want to introduce me. He's like, keep it short, kid. Keep it short. And I was like, awesome. So I got, I got on stage, and I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, Willie Nelson, hey! And then I watched him. 
He has a timer on the side of the stage, and it starts off in 90 minutes. And when it gets down to like two minutes, it doesn't matter what part of the song he's in, he starts, the band keeps playing, he puts the guitar down, starts throwing some headbands off <laughs> out to the crowd and some picks, and then he walks off the stage with the band still playing like it's Elvis. Uh-huh. And I watched that guy for 90 minutes, man, play the heck out of that guitar, and I can see why my father was a big fan of him. And I, it, Just a truly an amazing, not only a writer, if folks don't know, he's written hit songs for everybody, but as a musician, amazing. You've also <laughs> been in a lot of movies. You're an actor. I am. Uh, and Hire and, me, anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you didn't see the picture, uh, the Talking About Cars picture here with us, which, by the way, we yeah. will take after this is over, um, you recognize him in a lot of different um, TV shows, a lot of different movies. Uh, you're all the t- Very often, you're a biker character. Very often, you're a white supremacist. Yes, very, I- often, very often, you're a guy who has died and has come back uh, a yes. corpse of some sort. Zombie skinheads, I play them all. Yeah, okay, exactly. And so you were in the movie that, as of this recording, is still out there in the theaters, and that's the Happy Time Murders. Yes, uh, legitimate R-rated Muppet or puppet? I don't think they can say Muppet, even though no, it, it's Jim Henson's kid who directed it. Brian, great director. Right. Um, what a great, you know, Melissa McCarthy. What a great, funny, and her husband uh, produced it. Um, I actually, it's one of those weird things when you audition for stuff, you have to put it out of your head. Mm-hmm. And like two months later, they're like, oh, they want to book you on this Happy Time Murders, and I'm like, huh? What Happy Time? <laughs> I don't even remember auditioning for it. But, uh, yeah, we got a brief scene. My dialogue got cut out, but we're beating up uh, the, uh, Phil, the, the, the blue uh, uh, puppet in there. And, um, Is that the private detective the or private, cop Yeah, one? yeah, the private yeah, detective. Yeah, okay. And uh, it was great. Great. It's awesome working. There's a guy laying on the ground in a green suit, you know, and then his hands are up in this thing. And <laughs> I'm holding the puppet and his hands in there, and my big buddy Jay Razor, who's beating him up, and then the guy, he, the guy kept groaning. He's like, Ugh. and I'm like, you all right? He goes, I make a living with my hands. So tell Jay to, you know, Mr. Razor <laughs> yeah. to s- s- hold back on the punches because it keeps punching my hand, you know? <laughs> so uh, it was like, it was awesome. That's very cool. Uh, great movie. Very funny. Stupid funny. You will laugh. You know, it's something you don't want to bring your kids to. Don't make the mistake of bringing no. your kids to this. No. But uh, you will, uh, you if you're our age, and I'm 50, and I, you're probably five years younger than me there. Right? Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which you. Hey, to remember uh-huh. when it was one of those things. Back in the olden days. I yeah. remember when silly string was silly string. You guys, oh yeah, silly string. Yeah. There is the silly string moment, yeah, which we silly, won't talk about. We won't talk the, about. The, 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 Look the, at it on YouTube. Yes. It's yeah. actually on YouTube. You can yeah. actually see it. Uh, I, on, you're just on Facebook, type in Happy Time Murders. The trailer was so funny and dirty, I couldn't put it on my page, and I wanted to. Because it's a good day. Look, at it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hot new movie right now. They did pretty good mm-hmm. on the you know making some money, and it didn't cost that much. I think it cost 10 mil to make, so I think they made their money back opening weekend, and well, I'm just so happy a, to be in it. There isn't a yeah. puppets union, I don't believe. No. no. No, so that probably cuts down on benefits. Sure. But, uh, and if a hand doesn't have to talk, you don't have to pay on that much. Good point. Yeah, so you don't have to have writers. No, no not bad. Yeah, I understand that. So you've got some other movies coming up. I will. We'll get into that here in a second. But tell me a little bit about the cars you have in your garage right now. <laughs> well, I'm more of a motorcycle guy right now. So the cars that we have, my wife was having to drive down to Culver Studios all the time working, and uh, from Canyon Country. So we got her a Chevy Volt, ah. which we were excited because you could use the carpool lane. 
That's right. Until yeah. January. Then if it's not a 2017 or 2018, you can't use the carpool lane anymore. That makes no sense, but I'm sure that... Well, Jerry Brown has that figured out somehow. Jerry or mayor. But anyways, I digress. Uh, I used to have a, you know, I, I'm a big Mopar guy, and I had a nice 75 Dodge Dart Sport, which I had souped up for a while, and then uh, we got rid of that. Now I'm a, I'm a Kia Soul man because I love hamsters, and that didn't make sense, but I love hamsters, and it's got a 100,000-mile warranty on it, so... There you go. There's a really good story there that, oh, look at the time. We don't have the time for that. Yeah. But no, my, my wife had a Kia Soul. She yeah. loved that car. Yeah, it's great. I had a Honda Element before that, which was, uh, so I used to, on past time, over 160 episodes, they would always make fun. You drive a Honda Element. Yeah, I had a Honda Element with 240,000 miles on it. Wow. We had a guy with a Honda that works for NHRA win the Battle of the Brands. Saturday night. Wow. So it doesn't matter what you're driving. It can, be, it, it can all be raced. Sure. What did he beat? There's he, a, he beat everybody. He, everybody. The last car he was up against was a, a five-second Dodge Dart. Really? The guy put the wheels up in the air to try and chase him. He lost by like 35, 10 thousandths of a second. Oh, my gosh. And the Honda ran right on the dial. There's the, the fastest Honda element in the world. It's called the Helmet. And I forget what the guy's got <laughs> in it, but uh, you can look that up on YouTube. But... um. Yeah, I'm a Mopar guy. I would love to, if I had, I work for an auction company called EG Auctions up in Canada, and uh, sometimes we come across, uh, you know, they come across some amazing muscle cars, and, and we were talking a little bit before, you know, sometimes the, the Canadian cars are a little different. It's mm-hmm. not a Nova, right. but it's an Acadia, right. but it's the same thing. Yeah, different yeah, Well, it is, except for it has, let's say, a Pontiac dashboard, yeah. like the Beaumont. The yeah. Beaumont sure. or the Chevelles that have a... Pontiac dashboard and sometimes even Pontiac taillights because I think they had a 60, yeah. 65 GTO or 65 Le Mans taillights were on, I want to say, the yeah. 65 or the 66 Beaumont. Well, I can remember seeing a, a Beaumont and it's a Pontiac. Yeah. With a Chevy engine. Or with a Chevy body. Or with a Chevy body. Right. Yeah. And the same, Ford did the same thing. Yeah. The Mer- Mercury Meteor right. over there. They had the F100 was a Mercury truck. Sure. Even, even my Plymouth was a Dodge. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. So you've got a 48, 48 Plymouth. Yeah. But on the trunk lid mm-hmm. it's is got the Dodge a badge. Dodge badge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we were talking about that, like you said earlier. We, sh- we should have done a pre show. We did so much talking earlier. <laughs> um, but uh, we were talking about, uh, we had Scott on from Cold War Motors on a um, most recent podcast here. And we talked about Canada and we talked about. How it's interesting in Canada, like, for example, in the lower 48, people love Fury 3s and VIPs is what they call their fancier cars in the late 60s and uh, sport Furies, okay? Mm -hmm. Up there, they have Fury 1s, Fury 2s. I mean, that's the only car you see. They're reserved for police vehicles or something like that. But up there, they're no-nonsense people. They don't see the need for all that glitz. They'll just get basic drivable cars. Well, the car doesn't last that long. It rusts before your very eyes. Well, yeah. that too. Well, you know, the, 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 the I mean, EG Auctions, they sell everything. We got a big, uh, like next week I'll be up in Calgary, Red Deer, and with uh, uh, Courtney Hansen. Oh, yes. okay. She's so, been on the show. Yeah, Courtney's great. So we're, uh, I tried to do a TV, I wanted to do a TV show about motorcycles with her. 
and just didn't come to she's uh, she's doing so much. But she's great, so we'll be up there selling cars, and then we'll be in Palm Springs to do a the McCormick. Uh, no, we're going to be doing an EG auctions November first oh, okay. through the fourth. Very uh, cool. Cars and stars, I think we're calling oh, it up that's there. Good. So it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, we have Loverboy playing. Loverboy. Loverboy. <laughs> yes. Wow. And I think George Lynch. So Lynch Mob, which is great. Uh-huh. George Lynch from Dokken, but. Uh, uh, you got to have a good Canadian band. So Loverboy. Yeah, okay. We'll get the 80s Loverboy. All right, now you've got Harley. Yes, I love Harley. You know that. I ride yes, bikes, yes. You're right. You, you had gotten one when I when we were doing together. We were doing speed scene together. Yeah. I got a, so my newest, I got a two, I got rid of everything. And I just got a 2014 Street Glide, so. Oh, okay. And the wife's happy. It, it, you know, it starts up, it drives. Starts <laughs> up and drives. It, I, you know, I can do a little burnout if I need to, and, uh, and that's about it. But I love riding. I, I, I ride with these guys, the early riders, all the time, and so we're, you know, the weekends are a big deal. Saturday or Sunday, we'll put 300 350 wow. miles on the bike and you know for a 50 year old that used to do pro wrestling with a bad back and type 2 diabetes that's a lot of miles mm-hmm. yeah. but um but i love it yeah i'm i would work for harley if they'd hire me my good friend hint, robert hint. patrick t1000 yes. so robert is a very we got to get robert in here great car guy oh great dude. so great robert guy. is now uh he bought uh, old road harley davidson so now it's oh, did he? harley davidson he's partners in it with, uh, um, I can't think of the guy's name, Oliver, who owns Glendale Harley. They uh-huh, bought it. Okay. So now it's sure. Santa Clarita, Harley Davidson in Santa Clarita. So right. Robert, who's a big motorcycle guy and car guy. And car guy, yeah. Um, uh, now owns a Harley dealership. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to get a little bigger. I got to make some money because I would love to own a – if I own my own Harley, da- you know, either that or a, you know, a Dodge dealership. There oh, you go. gosh. Because I am I I'm really wanted one of the, you know, those Dodge, new Dodge Demons. Yeah. 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 They're very nice. Yeah. Very, very expensive. Yeah. Well, so this kind of runs into the next question of all the cars you've had in your past. Uh, if you could get one back, which one would it be? Wow. That's a good question. I'd probably take that 69 Camaro. Would you? Yeah, sure. With or without the fender ah, flares? Forget it. I'd keep the flares on at this point. <laughs> hey, you know, when you get to 50, I, I have no shame. You know yeah. that, Bob. When we get to this age. Um I don't know. I, yeah, because I, I, I like the drag race. You know, I, I hosted this show for six years past time, and I never drag race, and people used to make fun of me. And then a friend of mine, Glenn Novakowski out in uh, Manitoba, Winnipeg out there, that area, he said, why don't you race for me? And he owned two dragsters. And I said, I, I, I just talk about drag racing on TV. I never raced. He's like, don't worry about it. We'll get you over to Frank Holly School in Fontana mm-hmm. when he's out there. And I'm like, well, shoot, if this, we're going to – send me to drag racing school which was the most incredible experience in my life folks if you've never if you want to drag race check out frank hall you've had him on the show I believe. sure yeah. yeah had him on the show from uh from uh, out there at uh, pomona yeah famous uh people he's one of the greatest uh, drag racing teachers there could be in a school plus he was a very famous canadian drag racer if yeah. i'm not correct, no, you right? you correct. Yeah. 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 yeah um so I went there, and you're, I went 160, 162 miles an hour in two days, you know? In, like, two days, you're doing 162 going, this just this is not in the eight seconds. This is not yeah. right. This shouldn't be happening. Yeah, you start out, you can't see the signs as you're driving down. By the third or fourth run, you're yep. looking at the signs, and you're reading them. Yeah. Yeah, and so then I went in, up in Canada in the last couple of years and raced the uh, top dragster up there. Got up to 192 miles an hour, and I wow. think it's 720. And I wanted to get into that six seconds, you know, high six seconds, but... Uh, he sold the car to a guy that races in. It lives in Chino Hills. Did he really? So, which is fine because I'm friends with the guy now. I'm like, listen, if you ever need a driver, 
If you get tired, just let me know. But, uh, yeah, so I've always tried to do everything, whether it's pro wrestling, drag racing, you know, radio. It doesn't matter. I mean, it says here you're an author. You you did wrote a book. You did the you wrote a book, the yep. Big Schwag's Positive Self Help Guide for Complete Losers Like You. Yes, which I think is just great title. Yeah, uh, I did. I had a partner writing that, and I he, I said, what are we going to call this thing? Well, let's do a self help book. <laughs> and I'm like, self help book? How I can't even help myself. He's like, yeah, you have a good funny take on things in life uh we wrote it um i mean he basically wrote it i would write stuff back to him and he would make it into something funny and uh-huh. but i had a friend who um unfortunately passed away he got sober and then he went into you know a sober living place and then passed away his dad read the book and his dad's like this should be in all aa meetings i'm like really yeah. he goes you this this is great this is i'm like well i guess that's a positive thing you know but uh it was definitely a two bathroom read <laughs> Two bathroom break read if you're a Good big know. adult male. Yeah. Uh, Good to know in case you're yeah. planning your time out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as I think, opposed to let's say two bathrooms, you had to go to different ones. Ones. Which no, would be well, different. Well, yeah. That would be totally different. Yeah. But, okay. Um, Good. Depends uh, on how much you travel. Yeah, yes. That's true. <laughs> I think you can get them on uh, eBay uh, if there's still a few left. All right. Yeah. Maybe Amazon. Well, they maybe them? Amazon's maybe got them. Amazon. What was the title again? The Big Swag Self Help Guide for Complete Losers Like You. He was looking at you when he said that. I, I noticed. Just went, of course, he looked at me the first time. So it's yeah. all right. I can oh, so we're even now. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So that's something to look forward to. And, of course, you've got – I just for the hay of it looked up you on IMDb. Yeah. And you're like – you've got four projects going. Yeah, I got a movie called Folklore. I mean, uh, I just did a movie, a short movie for these people, uh, Bad Anger Films up in uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, uh, called Volition. Uh, I got some stuff cooking. I, I'm always auditioning. And uh, You're doing you know. a Thanksgiving movie. Am I, I doing a Thanksgiving movie? I don't know. Can you talk about that? Which Thanksgiving? What is well, it? according to this, you did a Thanksgiving movie called The Best Thanksgiving oh, Ever. Oh, yeah. That was that was great, man. That was, uh, and, that was very and what, funny. And what warm Thanksgiving character, Bob, do you think he played? Uh, not the turkey, but... No, um, no. The father figure. Harvey the biker. Yes. Harvey the biker. Yes. Imagine that. <laughs> Harvey uh, uh, the warm-hearted who liked, biker. Who, Harvey who liked men biker. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. That was me. Yes. But it's very funny. It's on my reel. It's a very funny scene. All right. Very good. Yeah. Very good. But uh, you can see, you know, uh, I'm I'm all over the place uh, making up appearances. Still trying to get some drag racing shows on the air, and uh, there might be a. A, a TV show for my past, which I can't talk about, that might be coming back on the air shortly. Yay. So, yeah. so we'll, uh, when that happens, I will definitely stop in to say hello and, to you. And, and, give and a... if they need really goofy mechanical guys, yeah, Randy and I are available. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we can stop well, anything from running. Or, or say... since you're on the show and you'll probably be hosting it, you'll yeah. need voiceover guys. That's so, awesome. I mean, we can yeah. do that. That would be awesome. We, and, we... I, and, and I don't know if the folks, they hear you all the time, but I don't know if they realize how actually handsome and tall you are. We're bringing well, him back. One of us is Maybe anyway, next time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe uh, next time on the show. When we start doing videos again, yeah. we're going to yeah. definitely have because to Because you're a you back. big fella. I'm a tall fella. You're a tall fella. I was a lot big bigger at one point. Were you? Yeah. Lost oh, yeah. A lot of that's weight, right. Though. You did. Lost yeah. a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the other I'm way. Almost three, you know, almost two-dimensional, but that's what, another story. That, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not all that short. I'm just under tall. Or, you know. There you go. See? Top five cars or top three cars that you've ever wanted to get that's on your I want that car list? Top uh, 69 Boss 302. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good choice. Uh, 70 and a half Z28, as they say uh, in Canada. Okay, yeah. uh, the half, though. The half, uh-huh. yeah. Um, 
You know, Jesse James used to have one of those two-door turbo Bentleys, I think they were, or at least a Bentley, oh, really? all the black. Yeah. yeah. God, it's a nice car, man. Yeah. So I'd take any of those three. There Probably the, the 69 Boss 302 would be pretty there you go. sweet and expensive. <laughs> yeah. About the same as the Bentley now. Probably. I think we're probably both 150, 160 yeah. grand. So if yeah, you can find it. With this new show, I'm sure you'll be making that anytime. Oh, yeah. Sure. Very, very, very soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks to Brett Wagner for coming by. And of course, Bob Beck from the Great American Auto Scene. That's right. G A A S for uh, helping us out on this episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on radio.com, iTunes, and KNX1070.com so you can be notified when a new Talking About Cars is uploaded and you won't miss a thing. And if you're on iTunes, please give us five stars and leave a comment what you think of the podcast. And don't forget our website. That's talkingaboutcars.net. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars. Thanks to our friends at The Hollywood Show for their help with this episode of Talking About Cars with Randy Cardoon. See more at HollywoodShow.com.